It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And good afternoon. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Milton Glick along with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. We're ready to talk gardening with you. We had a couple folks that were still on the line yesterday. We had to go, but we hope you'll call us back this morning right away so we can take some time and answer your gardening questions at 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. It's a beautiful day. It's gorgeous out there. I mean... There's not a cloud in the sky. <laughs> Just one big cloud. <laughs> the sky is one big cloud. Yeah. And it drizzles. It's drizzling. But this is not the kind of rain we need. We need. Yeah, we need a harder rain. A significant rain, over an inch. I'll take it. Oops, sorry, Kelly. <laughs> Try it now. Yeah, we have, we have to take whatever go. we can get, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> This is, this is the kind of weather that uh, precipitates uh, fungus uh, in uh, spinach. Mm. You know, when you grow spinach, it'll get uh, this kind of weather precipitates uh, white rust and uh, blue mold. And uh, I guess that's the main two. But uh, the good news is... The uh, spinach that you can buy at, at local nurseries here in town is a, is a hybrid spinach that's resistant to those diseases and furnished to the growers by Dr. Larry Stein, who's our spinach specialist. And so, <laughs> he always, the spinach, spinach seed is pretty cheap, so uh, he always furnishes the supplier, the uh, wholesale growers uh, with the best seed that uh, he can find. And that's why uh, your your spinach is doing well, too, Calvin. It's, oh, yeah. It, yeah, and I think we haven't heard uh, our, the gardeners out there haven't called up to say, gosh, it's doing wonderful. Yeah. But I, I kind of imagine that, that, that it is, <laughs> uh, if, if, if their spinach is doing as well as, well as mine is. <laughs> Yeah, we we I plant we planted some uh, south of here. Uh, planted some in the greenhouse, and also outside in outside bed. And uh, I was down there, I guess last week, talking to the grower, and he says <laughs> he says that Ed Spanish had been covering them up, and he didn't have, didn't have many plants, but he says they harvested crates full of. Uh, Wonderful spinach leaves. Uh, yeah, it's sturdy, uh, crispy. Yeah, and uh, sweet too. Yeah, and we uh, don't see, we don't see the um, aphids or any of the insects that uh, quite often this time of the year we might yeah. might see. It, it really is. Uh, um, We're not claiming to be, that we have resistance to aphids and. Uh, we're just we're just seeing <laughs> that, that, that a lot of gardeners have yeah. been lucky and not. 
Yeah. Then uh, had had a problem with them. And we've got some more. Uh, we've got some of that larger spinach out here. Uh, they they a lot of people have been buying it, but I still see a couple of flats of four and a half inch containers worth of spinach. And the neat thing about it is, you can buy it and then eat it that night when you get it home because it's uh, you can make a cutting off of the size spinach plant that we have available for sale. And I also see some uh, new bro- new broccoli. Uh, it's, you mean it's newer broccoli than uh, yeah. It's just been transplanted into the container. And it is very, it's very, it's a very small plant, very similar to uh, Milton's famous, plant yeah. that he planted <laughs> His famous in uh, September. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. What are you trying to get at? <laughs> and if you plant it now, you look for a head uh, in 60 days. Let's see, two, two months, that'll be, let's see, February... In March, probably end of March, and um, it'll be be ready to harvest in. If you still have if you still have uh, broccoli, and you've cut the main heads, uh, it got bigger than a, a needle point like Milton's did. Uh, you can uh, you can uh, enjoy the leaves. You can actually eat the leaves of spinach. Uh, just like you do collards, cook them like you would collards. If if you don't know how to cook collards, then uh, you're not going to be happy with the, with the uh, broccoli leaves either. Oh, you were probably talking broccoli, not spinach. Yeah, yeah, spinach. right, right. I was wondering, what Did I say spinach? Yeah, I said, what in the world is he talking about? Yeah. Spinach. Uh, but, yeah, collards, uh, I think... Uh, of course, you can't go wrong if you can choose between collards and spinach and broccoli. Yeah. All nutritious, uh, attractive, uh, easy to, to use in recipes. Yeah. You can use them in salads, and you can use them in uh, cooking uh, cooking recipes, too. Yeah. So this is a, this has been a year. This has been a good year for our our. Uh, and I see crops. some of that pretty uh, chard out there. Uh, bright lights, I guess it is. Yeah. Chard. I can see the red stems from here uh, that uh, <laughs> ornamental. It's ornamental uh, Swiss chard. Well, and that chard is another comp- a good companion plant for the other things that we're talking about growing because it lasts a long time. Yeah. Now it's, uh, and it uh, does, not, does not get bitter. It, it just will keep, uh, keep producing a mild uh, green. Uh, easy to use and you can keep uh, adding more foliage to yeah. to it. So you, you know you got to. There's another alternative. So there, that's four or five different uh, plants that you could. I don't think from. the rabbits will even eat it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it's funny. Funny though, we don't. When rabbits come up, I just giggle because I, I, I haven't. I don't see your rabbits here. You don't see many rabbits. I thought uh, your neighbor had rabbits. Oh, yeah, in a pan, in a cage. Uh, pan. Oh, yeah, okay, <laughs> but not in a, not uh, running loose, like uh, you know, if you're thinking of uh, 
Well, these people I was talking to from the north. Yeah. That, you know, that when we were talking about rabbits, they are yeah. talking about Hunting rabbits them. out out in the uh, <laughs> nature. Did, uh, did y'all used to have a ra- hunt rabbits in Minnesota? Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, you know there's no rabbit season in Texas. Yeah. You get them any time. But they're little little devils, except for the jackrabbits. But uh, I've I've got a whole dissertation on on rabbits. Uh, we'll talk about it later, maybe if we have time. Is but, it and <laughs> is it currently rabbit season or duck season? <laughs> it would be duck season. Rabbit it, season? No, there is no rabbit. Oh, season. okay. Okay. Duck season. That's our, our squirrel Ducks season. Ducks unlimited. Okay. <laughs> Rabbits unlimited. <laughs> uh, I was looking at over uh, Calvin's article uh, yesterday. We talked about it, about some of the shade trees that uh, are available in the area and, and make good shade trees. Some of them are small trees that he recommends, like... Uh, uh, Mexican plum and uh, Mexican, uh, Texas or Mexican redbud, um, and uh, uh, then you have the uh, desert willow. We talked about uh, Paul Cox's uh, Bubba desert mm-hmm. willow. That uh, <laughs> I guess that's one thing that uh, that really uh, took the, took over the market. Uh, you know, they, they, Lynn Lauer and everybody sold or, or used to promote Desert Willows because they got them out of Mexico when they'd go down there. But, uh, and a, de- a Desert Willow in arid Mexico looks mighty good out there. But when you get a, a Mexican Desert Willow and bring it back to San Antonio, where they're surrounded by evergreens like uh, uh, oak, live oaks, and things like that, they're not that uh, uh, attractive. But this bubba is uh, yeah, well, got great big blooms on it, and uh, and it does it it, yeah. it it stands alone in the San Antonio landscape. Well, I always remember it that where you know it's a hot, dry, oh yeah, summer and. and and uh, we're talking about dealing with the drought and irrigation and everything. And then uh, somebody will say, so wh- what in the world? I saw this thing that had bright <laughs> purple blooms. It had hummingbirds like all over it. Yeah. 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 It, looked yeah. Like, it looked like an orchid. Yeah. You said that. And, and what, what was that? And, then, <laughs> and of course, it Everybody's perk up because you, you basically recognize yeah. uh, that. Bubba. And I see them, they use them in parking lots where it's all asphalt, and then there's the, oh, yeah, they're tough. the, the desert willow, Bubba, and yeah, they are <laughs> tough. Or in, uh, like the knockouts, they use them in uh, yeah. drive through where it's just exhaust all day on those poor things, heat and exhaust. <laughs> and they, well, they uh, still thrive. Look where they came from. Like yeah. I said, when you're traveling around Mexico, uh, they may, they took me down there a couple of times, Lynn Lowry. And, and they didn't bunk. leave you? Uh, <laughs> oh, they tried. They almost did. <laughs> we went a uh, total to car, uh, tra- uh, suburban car down there. And uh, that, was, that was one of the dumbest things Lynn Lowry ever said to me. Uh, he walked in the 
hotel room that uh, we were in the next day. And uh, I said, uh, Jerry, I had gone down there to look for some of the uh, large uh, blue bonnets that growing up in the mountains. Oh, wow. Havardia. And uh, <laughs> and he comes around and says, now, Jerry, uh, he was real quiet. Like He said, uh, we're going to go up in the mountains now. It's been raining up there, but we're going up in the mountains. And uh, and where the blue bonnets are grown. If you want to go, we'll we'll take you too. Hmm. Or there's a group that's going back to San Antonio tonight. I said, I've uh, I just gave cat out a almost a fatal car accident, mm. and you're asking me if I want to go up to, on a rain slick mountain road. No. To get a few blue bonnet seeds. I, I, said, t- I take it you not went only no, but hell no. Yeah, I take it you went back. Get, to get out of my get out of my room and don't ever come back. <laughs> I learned my lesson on that deal. But anyway, uh, yeah, they, they have desert willows. You see desert willows, and same way with salvia, salvia gray eyes, and some of the salvia that Lynn Lowry brought back a lot of to, of to U.S. To the U.S. and worked for Lone Star Growers, which is now a color spot, which was now a color spot. And now I think it's back to Lone Star. But anyway, uh, uh, when there's nothing else around, nothing else blooming, anything, anything that's blooming looks good. Well, they've got some great tough plants. Uh, oh, yeah. Like the uh, Esperanza and the... Uh, yeah. Even Esperanza doesn't stand up for the uh, desert well. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, but uh, anyway, and Kevin also mentioned uh, Mexican olive and, uh, uh, that he talks about and uh, that has recently become, well, last couple of years, I guess, uh, that somebody producing them. That was always the problem before. Uh, is that uh, you couldn't ever find a source of those things. Yeah, but they're nice little, nice little uh, trees were the ones they're producing. Yeah. The, um, I was trying to think of who is producing them uh, uh, because they are so uh, yeah, yeah, I, nice I, I don't know where uh, Trace and Milberger gets them. But uh, I guess I guess they're rooted. I, I've tried to root them, uh, root Cuttings of them uh, two times, two or three times, in a, rem- and have not got, not had any luck. I remember that. Yeah, uh, for the last few years, he, uh, for the several years before now, uh, it was always there'd be some, they'd be small plants, and they'd be yeah. difficult to get them to uh, to perform the way you expected, and to. to, to and now, though, that <laughs> they're like big in my yard, they're and, nice. And that Milberger's is offering, uh, yeah, they they make a nice a nice plant and uh, perform well, or well worth the money you pay yeah. for. Yeah, and grow in front of the Alamo. <laughs> That's why I always like to take pictures of them in front of the Alamo. Well, uh, they grew in front of the Alamo a lot. A uh, long time, but yeah, uh, they have a long time. But uh, they grow; they seem to grow uh, in more areas now and uh, more successfully. Oh and, yeah, and uh, 
that uh, retailers, some of our be- best retailers, have access to the yeah. to the plants. So. They they used they used to before global warming, I guess, uh, freeze down. Even the one at the Alamo would freeze down, but it would come back from the root yeah. system. I guess, I guess that was a way to control the size of it. But uh, when that thing is blooming and got the Alamo in the background, it's a good picture. Uh, Milton, I was looking at uh, this week in the garden, and I, I couldn't remember exactly who wrote that until I read some of the uh, int- in, uh, some of the uh, in in ish in some of the uh, statements in the uh, in the this week in the garden in, in San Antonio uh, life yesterday. Uh, I was reading one about uh, cutting down or uh, taking care of uh, winter weeds, and it says control them by mowing or use a string mower in the shrub border. In many cases, the green lawn you are enjoying is rescue grass, annual bluegrass, and other attractive weeds. Who would have written that, Milton? Other attractive weeds. Attractive weeds. I don't know. I don't know where you're going. I'm friend, think that's Calvin. Oh. <laughs> Is that you? To, 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 describe, to, okay. to describe weeds as attractive. Oh. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that maybe don't think our weeds well, are attractive. The, yeah, the deer are... Uh, <laughs> Celebrating the nice green lush. Right? Oh yeah. The, they use your, your they annual horse blue, herb. Yeah, and, your annual bluegrass. The horse herb is coming up. Uh, what do we? What we we had a little argument yesterday about <laughs> the. Uh, oh, another one of the weeds that's so. Rescue grass and. Uh, let's see, horse, horse herb and uh, the blue, blue, the, that uh, uh, bluegrass. The, the Not blue, your blue curl. No. Yeah. Oh, the, uh, it is a uh, henbit. Oh, henbit. Oh, Henbit's yeah. coming up. Yeah, henbit will be coming up. Gangbusters mm. in our yeah competing uh, with uh, with blue bonds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, look at this. They mess over the blue bonds. Also, going down to uh, read another one, Milton said crested Ted mice. Carolina chickadees, downy woodpeckers, and Carolina wind wrens all use nest boxes to raise their young. Now I'm gonna read that again. Crested titmice, Carolina chickadees, downy woodpeckers, and Carolina wrens all use nest boxes to raise their young. What else uses nest boxes to I'm raise not, their young? I can't even guess. Sparrows. Purple martins. Sparrows. Yeah, purple martins. Oh, that's nice. Sparrows. Man, I heard somebody talking about wrens. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, and they're, I, I was, they're funny little thing. Oh, well, yeah. They're, apparently they're, this year they've been really fascinating. Yeah. But they were talking about um, 
they're pretty territorial and can be, can be mean, they said. They're, I guess any bird can be if it's trying to protect its, uh, yeah, I, its I, domain. I never think of them as being real territorial, but that, that may be true. But they are uh, uh, they're, they're a lot of action. Yeah, like right, that. like a hummingbird. Yeah, they're, oh. they're, they're like huh. when, you, when you give them access to that uh, uh, pepper-flavored uh, suet. Yeah, well, they want their share. Oh, they know that it's uh, that they get, they get access to it, and they and they uh, compete with the with uh, with their uh, oh our friends the red, the red birds. Yeah, of of all the birds that I've had come in the house when I leave the back door open, get some air in there. Wrens are the only ones. <laughs> Those little bitty wrens are the only ones that come in the house. And the good news is, if you leave the door open, sometimes you can chase them out the same door. So they must be pretty smart. Well, they'll they'll get in your uh, greenhouse too. Yeah. But they don't. They. Uh, it's it's not a big deal to them. <laughs> you know, they're kind of exploring, looking around. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. I'll leave in a minute or so when I've, I've got a good chance to look and see what's Yeah, you're going to finish this sandwich uh, <laughs> yeah. on the table? That's, that's kind of the way it is. And uh, in a greenhouse, uh, they, there are a lot of things that they may want access to, mm, yeah. lot, lots of those insects. And they, uh, they're fun to watch fly around. They're, like I said, they're like a hummingbird. Yeah, and they are competitive with other uh, bird species. Too. Okay, maybe that's what they were referring to is their aggressive and competitiveness. Yeah, like uh, titmice and the, uh, oh, uh, oh, 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 I'm trying to think of all the species now, but those the spe- similar species, the small ones that... They cross paths with, but oh. uh, that, this year, you know, we talked about uh, all the the birds that have responded to uh, this, uh, the the uh, suet, and uh, this is a, that they've really responded uh, <laughs> to that suet, and uh, that, I think you you know it's easy to, to have, say ten or twelve different varieties or selections. Uh, in your feeders, if you uh, have used uh, uh, insect, uh, the feed, yeah. use the suet with the uh, flavored. Yeah, they uh, they use different flavors. They don't know, Milton, that mi- these birds do not have lips. So they don't know it's. So they can't taste whether it's strawberry or blueberry or. I know. So. Also other. It's amazing the the flavors they have. Now. But you you pursue it. <laughs> do you ever watch? Well, I know you do. You watch uh, uh, somebody who's a, bir- a bird feeder, and they're going through picking which is oh, their, which is yeah. their favorite flavor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's not doing the bird any good. It's just doing you some good. That's okay. Uh, but I. <laughs> Unless you're going to eat the suet. If if you're happier buying it. Hey, we need to take a quick break. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on, I'm sorry, on 930 AM, The Answer. Marty, you're up next in just a moment on The Answer.
back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 9.30 a.m. The Answer Wolfman Jack's birthday was on the 21st. Al's celebrating uh, January musical birthdays today. Hey, before we get to Marty, and Marty, I promise it's just another second, going to talk to you about Spider-Man, Termite, and Pest Control. Let me give you the number again for Spider-Man, 210-656-3721. I'll give it to you again in just a little while. But uh, they've been doing this, gosh, since 1976. Warren Remy and the gang at Spider-Man are experts in the field of pest control. In fact, they are probably... uh, you know, the go-to guys for many pest control companies here in San Antonio that have a problem. They don't mind helping out. There's enough work for everybody. But Warren Remy is their go-to guy because he's seen it all and he's done it all. Uh, it's kind of like that other commercial. But uh, he knows what he's doing. And he's oftentimes the last pest control company that people get because they love working with Warren and they love the results they get. So if you're having problems, give Warren Remy and Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control a call. 210 210- Six five six thirty seven twenty one two one zero six five six thirty seven twenty one or go spidermanpest dot com go spidermanpest dot com. All right, uh, let's get to Marty now on the line at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Hey Marty, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Hi, how are you guys doing today? Good, good, good. Thank you for taking my call. I have a question. I was at Millburgers Millburgers about two or three weeks ago. And I purchased uh, the Snapdragon flower, and uh, okay. as well as a, the sweet and a, a strawberry. And the strawberry oh. is going gangbusters. They got about eight or nine blooms on it, and strawberries on it, and some turning red. Really doing good. All right. Well, don't tell. Uh, don't, don't, gonna, let, don't listen to what Jerry said. <laughs> You're gonna beat the poteet people this year. <laughs> yeah, I already got one turning real red. It's looking real good. Um, <laughs> My question is on the Snapdragon. I heard uh, Trace talking about them uh, yesterday. I have uh, about two uh, baskets of the hanging baskets of the Snapdragon, uh, and uh, they're putting up beautiful flowers. I was really uh, amazed when I was there at Millburgers. The bees were all around the one uh, the Snapdragons. Oh, yeah. But I, under- I understand they're going to be it'll bloom till about um, May. I have some uh, pretty blooms there, yellow, purple, and red. Uh, but I was wondering, after after May, do I uh, feed them uh, Osmocote? No, no. On a Snapdragon, uh, they're uh, that's it. Going to be a short-lived daniel. Now, what okay. we uh, so you use a water-soluble fertilizer like Rapid, not Rapid Grow, Miracle Grow. Trace will be Trace Trace it'll be a, Trace will be up here beat me to death. Yeah, uh, uh, Miracle Grow. <laughs> They heat one, once that once that warm weather starts, then they they have trouble keeping going. Yeah. Yeah. And besides, it's time for zinnias then. No, right. Uh, well, <laughs> right. one of, one of the things, Marty. We, I don't know if you remember. We were Jerry and I were kind of debating and trace. Uh, some years the snapdragons have a real lull in their bloom mm-hmm. because there'll be uh-huh. a cold spell yeah. in January. This year, okay. there hasn't been much. Mm. There's some nice, uh, just the color you mentioned, they're really looking good. And, yeah. yeah. And so I think we might we might be able to escape that, and it'll just keep going through till May. Yeah. yeah they've got some so. beautiful sort of, uh, tons of snapdragon. That's probably more snapdragon yeah. out here uh, full of bloom, buds and blooms. Then they've got any other uh, flowering animals. Your trick is going to be to protect them from the larkspurs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, the larkspurs okay. eat them up. 
Now, with these blooms that are on there now, when they finish blooming, uh -huh. should, shouldn't he cut the bloom stalk off and cut force uh, other bloom stalks to arise? Yeah, I don't think it. I, I don't think that would hurt at all. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, uh, they're gonna start okay. to keep blooming for quite yeah. a while. Don't get. Yeah, you don't okay. be. You don't have to be zealous about it. But you just, if the bloom declines a little bit, you just cut it off, and it'll send out oh. a new. Yeah. Okay. So, so you think? So you think it'll make? They'll make it past May, and then get, uh, keep giving the water a soluble fer fertilizer, right? Well, yeah. It all depends on the weather. Yeah, I just, okay. have, have you got them in full sun or are they? They're, they're, in, they're in full sun. I got them because well, I got them in hanging baskets. Oh, they're yeah, good. Sun. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. You got them hanging on a tree? No, no, no. I got them on patio. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but where the patio is, but where the patio is it, gets, it, it gets full sun. Good deal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that'll keep them yeah. going. Just uh, you got to keep them, uh, like I say, use that. Water soluble fertilizer like Miracle Grow and uh, okay. Peter's twenty 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 and uh, okay. some of those types okay. of dude. And I would I would do it at least once a week and maybe uh, two or three times a week. Okay. Yeah, but Jerry gets a commission from the uh, <laughs> fertilizer, fertilizer companies. companies. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you the reason you don't use Osmocote is it releases over a longer period of time. Okay. And your now, your uh, your snaps will be gone by the time yeah, the last of the Osmocote releases. Yeah, not. these, now, these snaps here at Milberger's and sounds like yours are ready for action. Yeah, they want to bloom yeah, and uh, yeah, there I got some blooming in the front part of the of my uh, hanging basket, and I got some blooming on the back back side of the hanging basket. So sounds good. Coming and going. Yeah. Yeah. Does it, now, do uh, they have uh, do they have uh, large snaps and small snaps here? Uh, we we did at the beginning. Oh. We had uh, rockets. Yeah. And rockets. and then we had uh, two two different kinds of. Uh, I was trying to remember. Most what the, people like the small ones. Yeah. Small growing. Yeah. Yeah. I they're think, really disappointing. The ones I the ones I got were are small, but they're beautiful. I mean. They, they, yeah. They're, great. They're, well, they're not. Real, real they're nice. not really small. I mean, they're medium. <laughs> no. They're medium size. <laughs> right, but, right, yeah. right. Medium size. Right. Yeah. Let, let me ask you. Uh, Doctor Parsons may, um, mentioned yesterday um, a tree that was growing in front of the Schultz home. Is that the Schultz, Schultz home in uh, Hemisphere or downtown? Schultz. Uh, oh, uh, uh, the house in. Uh, that that you uh, started the uh, Schultz oh, house. Yeah, the Schultz house. Yeah, right. Schultz house. Yeah, right. we were talking about the. Uh, what kind uh, of tree was that you mentioned? The. Uh, wow, well, uh, Mexican Mexican olive. Yes, Mexican, Mexican olive. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's Gosh, what, yeah. That's if you what, get access to that, latch onto it. They're yeah. beauties. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that tree down there. Uh, the reason I'm so familiar with it is because when it was in. Blooming one year, uh, they bloom quite a quite a long time. Uh, uh, I was trying to get. I, this is a new revelation here from Jerry because he, <laughs> I was because uh, <laughs> now he's admitting they both bloom in in, in the spring yeah, and in the fall. Yeah, I was trying to get a picture of uh, the bloom with the uh, Tower of the Americas in the background. Which was right, right, right. easy to do with that tree down there. 
That's yeah, yeah. I know. I know Twenty exactly thirty feet tall. Yeah, yeah. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, that would have been a beautiful backdrop to Tower of America. Yeah, uh, I got some good okay. pictures of it. Okay. Well, I, I thank you for the information because I want I I, I I didn't write that down and I, I know you're talking about shade trees, but uh, yeah. In fact, I, but and I have it here. But the, but you said the Mexican olive. Mexican yeah. olive. It's not an edible okay. olive. It's not. Okay. Most people don't consider it a shade tree, although, <laughs> you know, it go, go, we were talking about this too. It goes to twenty-five feet. Yeah. Easy enough. Is, Easy. Is that, Thirty that the feet with the white with the white blooms. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and okay. uh, has a yellow center. Yellow and then, and it has a has a fruit that looks like a yeah, fig, shelly. Yeah, you're right. Olive. It really does look like a fig. Yeah, there you go. Okay, that's, uh, that's, I think I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, we're going to probably be moving to a new, a new home, and so I'm trying to figure out which kind of tree uh, was would be feasible for the landscape. So I'm going to put yeah. this on the high on the list. Yeah, latch on to <laughs> one of those if you can. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank, thank All you right. Guys thanks for calling. Enjoy you guys. Thanks a million. Thank okay. you. Thank you, bye Marty. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right. That'll free up a line at 210-308-8867. We got, uh, looking through Neil's Ferry's column, uh, our question and answer yesterday. And uh, his first question was, what can I do to eliminate leaf cutter ants? We don't talk about those very much. <laughs> But uh, remember in the old days, we got a lot of we got a lot of them around, <laughs> and the, they used to make a product called Amdro. There was an Amdro fire ant bait, and uh, they came out with an Amdro uh, Texas leaf color leaf cutter ant bait, and uh, didn't last very long on the market. And the the reason for that is they said. Uh, that uh, this leaf cutter ant is not that big a problem. Well, it is if you live in the hill country or in the sand uh, in Wilson County or, or uh, southern Bear County, uh, around Poteet and and uh, places like that. Cutter ant, leaf cutter ants are a serious problem in Del Rio. Seen them in Del Rio. But anyway, this question says, I thought I had them under control last fall, but now they're back even in the cold weather. The fire ant remedies did not work. How can I send them packing before they strip any more vegetation? And Neil's answer says, they are quite active in the winter. Uh... I used to see them when I was hunting. You, you see the, the large uh, raised mounds, and uh, I would I would see them down around La Prior and in that area. But uh, then they uh, <laughs> they said that uh, the Texas A&M entomologists refer to them, refer to them as Texas leaf cutting ants. And you'll find two detailed fact sheets on them under the under that name. So uh, if you want to do a search for them, you look for uh, Texas. Do a, do a search for Texas leaf cutting ants. Leaf cut leaf and cutting, are two different words. 
Uh, and then he goes in describing them and talked about how they carry, they cut leaf pieces of leaf and carry them hundreds of feet back into their nest. And they use the leaf as uh, pieces as a substrate on which they grow a particular fungus, their sole food source of food. So they're little farmers underground. But the problem is they're using pieces of your plant, desirable plant, to grow their crops on. I used to have, uh, <laughs> when I was at, I lived in villages of West Creek, uh, I it was right on the edge of the rural area and the open range area, and uh, <laughs> they were they, they they could be an issue there. Oh yeah. But they, but they uh, one of the, the the things that we were able to do is use uh, orthene. Yeah, we used the orthene to just to block their yeah, right. paths, and if you're conscientious about it, you 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 change their routes. The problem is, <laughs> instead of them getting all my plants, then they would get all the, the, the neighbors. neighbors or the... Well, who cares? Block away plants. Anyway, Neil says, uh, control is difficult. Say, Texas A&M entomologist. Contact insecticide offer short-term help around the specific plants that are being attacked, but they must be repeated frequently. That's true. A special androbate product for leaf-cutting ants offers good control, but it has a short left life span, life expectancy, and is not labeled for use in gardens. So basically, they have a problem coming up with a bait that will uh, will uh, and an insecticide of bait that will uh, hold up its lifespan on a, a garden uh, shop's uh, shelves. Now there, 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 there's no uh, there's no baits on the market that I know of. Now that uh, they claim will take control, technically. However, uh, years ago, I had somebody tell me how to make a cut ant bait that would work. Make sure you say that. And this is the disclaimer <laughs> part that the views of the host to Dr. Jerry Parsons is purely his own. <laughs> it was years, it was years ago. And, oh, this, and, and, and they were... They where's, were they, where's Charles when we need him? <laughs> yeah. They recommended something that uh, is definitely not legal to use, but it's very effective. And it's on plantanswers.com. All you have to do is do a search for leaf cutter ants. I've hidden it from the, <laughs> the from yeah, the inspector. But basically, what they do, or what they said would work, and I, I've I've had several people test it, and it works, is to get a box of a bran cereal, uh, without the raisins, of course, uh, a small box of bran cereal. And put two tablespoons of uh, orthene, uh, that powder, 
uh, sold as orthene fire ant killer, into that uh, box of uh, bran cereal and shake it up real good and then use that as a bait because it would be fresh because it's on that bran cereal. Uh, and uh, it's got orthene in it, which will take care of the ant. And uh, just sprinkle it around the uh, the main mound. You don't have to pour it on top of the main mound, or you can put it in their tra- on their trails that they're coming into, and they'll uh, they'll take it back and and they kill the whole whole deal. The uh, now Neil didn't recommend that, did he? No, no, I don't know. I wonder why. He probably Could haven't be. ever heard of that because. Doctor, he pro- he Dr. Jerry Parsons' opinions are purely his own and do not represent those. He, he of probably, who, who is this Dr. Jerry Parsons? <laughs> I have no he, idea. He probably never ran into the same guy that I did. At oh, it. okay. But uh, like I said, it's not on the label of the brand cereal, so uh, that's the problem. But it's, it definitely works. Now, remembering that the cut ants uh, go back to a main mound. In the wintertime, now. And then in spring, they, they divide and uh, go to different uh, satellites, I guess, uh, amounts. So if you want to get them, uh, if you got a problem with them, get them now. You, you use that uh, system and, and get them now. All right, before you go any further, we got to take a quick break. So 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM. The answer, a quick message about BSG. BSGTexas.com is the website where you'll find out all about all the great offers BSG has. If you're looking for security for your home and you want a company that you know you can uh, trust, that's going to treat you well, and, I mean, everyone says that, this is uh, now we live in the age of verification. Go online and see the reviews of some of the other uh, companies that may have approached you. Uh, and then check out the reviews of BSG, and you'll be pleasantly surprised. While the other companies often get one or two stars, BSG often uh, barely uh, uh, drops below four stars. Uh, they get great reviews, and they work hard to make you happy. Uh, sure, sometimes things happen, but they work hard to make you happy, and you'll see that in the reviews. So go there, check out their security systems, check out their home, their smart home systems at all at BSG. Texas.com, BSGTexas.com, or uh, you can phone them. Go old school, 210-877-1222. 210-877-1222 for BSG. All right, no calls on the line, so uh, I'll, get, I'll uh, give the phone number again, 210-308-8867. Yeah, you never give that phone number. I, apparently not enough. <laughs> I, I told you when the show started, that uh, I did look on plantanswers.com, oh. and I do not have a link to our garden show. Yeah, and we do have a couple callers on, so go uh, ahead go and finish real quick. And that's then we'll... all, okay. and, and I'm going to have that put on okay. the front page. So this kind of came up late. I'm having some computer issues here. Bud is on the line at 210-308-8867. 
Hey, Bud. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? Pretty good. How are y'all? Good, good. What's going on, man? Uh, I have, uh, I guess, maybe a few different questions about the um, Malabar spinach. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe I had a couple of successes. I had more failures than success. Now, one <laughs> thing, one thing I'm really trying to do is, you know, start from seed. Is yeah. is, is that a plant that uh, easily uh, lends itself to that, or is it very difficult for that? <laughs> I thought uh, I, th- I thought you were making cuttings too at one time. Well, yes, uh, last year I did make some cuttings. Yeah, did that? Did they root? Uh, um, about, <laughs> about twenty percent, maybe, oh, maybe less, maybe not, less than twenty percent. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> uh, I uh, they would they would grow from seed. Now, I personally haven't had a lot of experience growing them for seed or growing them anyway. But uh, you'll want to wait until the soil warms up, uh, like uh, in your area, probably uh, March or April, late March or April. And uh, do we have Malabar spinach here, Trace? Do you remember? Not at the moment. But we've had it in the past? Plants. I don't recall seeing seed. Okay. No, y'all never have them this early. Yeah. Uh, least, from my experience, uh, y'all, y'all wants, never have If he wants seed, he's probably going to do Johnny Select Seed. Yeah. You can probably find them on the Internet somewhere. Well, what I'm, what I'm doing is uh, collecting the fruit from the plants I have. Okay. And, and using that for my seed base. Okay, you're extracting the seed uh, from the, from the it, it blooms, I assume, and has a fruit. Yeah. And uh, so you you let it ripen, and uh, what does it turn yellow or, or orange? Well, the uh, the the fruit uh, looks kind of like a a real dark, little bitty, uh, malformed grape. Oh, okay. It, it's actually got four lobes on it. Okay. And Is that, are the seeds fairly lobes, large? Uh, Oh, the the uh, the fruit. Some of them get bigger than a pea. Okay. Oh Lord, that's little. And, <laughs> and um, uh, there's 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 one seed at the very base. Oh, okay. Of those four lobes. I think Bud is becoming I, I a Malabar expert. <laughs> I experimented with uh, fully ripe fruit, and also off of both types. Okay, but my have you problem. Eat, have you tried to eat the fruit? Uh, no, no, because I don't want to bite that real hard. Go ahead. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> uh, uh, I, w- this, this, I would this imagine. Year, I will probably venture into that, but I'm going to have to do it in a way where <laughs> I don't swallow the seed, so I can spit it back out. <laughs> uh, okay, don't, guys. don't eat them like Calvin does. Now we got four minutes, so we got to focus. So we can I, have, I would, uh, I'd go ahead and uh, try this year. Try some taking the green seed or the seed from the green fruit out and immediately planting it. Well, yeah, both of these. I did take a green off the plant and a fully ripe off the plant and put it in a little pot. 
Okay, good. Right after well, we got a text. My, uh, my, my main question, How? what is the uh, best depth to use? Oh, just uh, I'd put it right beneath the surface of the uh, potting mix, a moist potting mix. Just Don't so plant it too deep. This, just Half so that you can't see the seed anymore? Right, 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 right. Okay, and an anonymous uh, text from uh, Johnson City said the seeds are very easy to grow. <laughs> Just telling you. I yeah, told you yeah. to block his number. <laughs> He's too clever. I think he was in with intelligence or something. Okay, does that take care of you? Well, yeah, for now. Thank you so much. All right. Okay, thank you for calling. Thanks, bud. All right, let's see if we can't help Blake out real quick, or at least we'll start. Blake, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? Doing fine, thank you. Uh, speaking of cut ants, in a former life, I managed pecan orchards south of Eagle Pass, and we had lots of cut ant mounds. I would try, I'd pour down uh, chlordane, euthion, orthene. Nothing worked <laughs> until I poured down gasoline and covered up the mound. Oh, did you light it? I, I, no, don't light it. <laughs> No, but I figured it fumigated all their canals and their homes underneath the ground. Yeah. But but you had to cover it up. So just stomp on it with your foot after you pour the gasoline down, and they never came back. Okay. Let's see, wow. that, that's one of those calls. That's yeah. not an want... accepted, uh, no. recommended that, practice. <laughs> yeah. We, we can, well, uh, we no, can no, back it, that answer. For yeah. the, those who have the problem. <laughs> yeah, it was not accepted, and I was worried about uh, contamination of the pecan roots, but the distance <laughs> no. between where the ants were in the roots was some distance, but the ants never came back. Yeah, there you go. All right. That, and, that and my, the only, only the illegal remedies work, Milton. I know. Still, they're <laughs> still illegal. <laughs> Did like, you, like killing armadillos. Did you, ever get stung, <laughs> did you ever get stung by a cut ant? No, Bitten? I stayed away from them. <laughs> yeah, the, Blake's no They cool. do not bite or sting. Oh, okay. No, they, That's they, interesting. They, they do not. Oh. They were just defoliating the, the trees on the on the outer edges of the orchard. Oh, yeah. yeah. You did good. Thanks, Blake. <laughs> okay. I hope they let you out of prison soon. <laughs> yeah, we yeah I, use I'm a out now. Name for, is the, uh, the statute of limitations over for the... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I Maybe thought, the president could give him a that, that reminded me of a story. Uh, a guy said that he was having a cut ant problem. Yeah, they got like 20 seconds. <laughs> okay. And he poured high life down there, which is uh, kind of like the gasoline. Oh, I think you've told and, us, yeah. And he waited, waited and for a while. Couldn't decide whether to light it or not. Then he went back out about an hour later and threw a match down there. He said it looked like hell was all around well, him. All the holes. All the holes. On that note, we'll take a break and come back in a moment on 9.30. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The answer. Uh, again, the views of the host and even people that text us and call are purely their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Millburgers. The, the, the hosts, KLUP. Sometimes anyway, they don't even reflect the, the opinion the of the people, host. People calling. So this is the text we got. Oh, no. So again, from Johnson City Flow, I can't, I can't tell. Oh, okay. Uh, fruits can be eaten when young, he says. Plants make hundreds of seeds. 
some of the dried seeds that drop to the ground will grow next year when the soil warms up. Wow. I always use the dried seeds. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. What's going on, Trace? So that was the answer for my friend, right? Yes, for your okay. friend, All yes. Right. Okay, just tell your friend that Johnson City Joe's opinion is purely his own, but what it is is blank. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Okay. I thought I thought about you. Uh, I guess it was uh, Friday. I, I was going down to Taco Be- Taco Cabana to get me some breakfast tacos, and I looked over. There was a dumpster, and it had a great big Christmas tree in it. <laughs> oh. And so I'm thinking to myself, you know, I don't have a truck anymore. Yeah, but you could. But I said I could put that Christmas tree yeah. on. Take it over to Millburgers and get 20% off. You something. could. You could. Uh-oh. But I didn't figure I could get it in the truck. Here, Calvin, so. can you help him real quick? All right. What's up? All right. Well, yeah. on, on that note, we actually had one brought back yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw yeah. a little one. Was it a small one? No, it was normal size. And then oh. uh, the, the ladies had to help the, the customer take the lights off of it. Uh-oh. Oh, good. Well, at least, yeah, that's good. Uh, he did give the lights to one of the girls. Oh, but, that was uh, sweet. But it did come with lights. And, uh, yeah. Please, no lights, no stand. Yeah, it's no still okay to tinsel. bring it in. And then it's the, the 20% is good until? Uh, the end of February, I believe. Yeah, yeah I think so. that sounds right. You know, the funny thing is I did the same thing Jerry did. I was driving down 1604, <laughs> and someone had just apparently tossed it. Either it flew out the truck or it, they just tossed it and on the side of the road. And I was like, hmm. Someone could turn that into Millburgers for 20%. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, did, anyway. did I see somebody? I guess I should. I can ask you this later, but did I bring a live tree back? Well, they look alive. Well, some, some of them look alive. Yeah. Oh, maybe so. Somebody okay. brought a, a day or two ago, brought back an Elderica. Yeah, there. Uh, yeah. They, cut, they cut down some at one of the cut-down places. Oh, no, no, okay. Uh, and then somebody brought me back a juniper. It looked like they got desperate for a Christmas tree since there weren't any Christmas trees. And huh. bought a juniper and uh, had it inside too long. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, you see, your uh, advertisement, at least the last one I have, says uh, discarded Christmas trees through January 2nd through January 16th. I'll still take them. But... Uh, <laughs> The, and who, who am I to say no to giving, uh, away, to giving away 20% <laughs> off? So if, if, you, if you bring it in in February, you've got to use the you've got to use your 20% off that, that's before the thing I'm February 28th. Yeah, they they can bring it in on February 27th, and I'll still give them a coupon, but they got to use the coupon by the, the 28th. There you go. Okay. Okay. They, but. Please don't procrastinate. And please take <laughs> off lights yes. and wires and all that good yes. stuff. I, th- I think there must be a story behind leaving those lights on those trees when you put them in a shredder. I, th- I think there's that, a traumatic. I don't, want well, tra- I, don't, I don't want to pay to fix the shredder. <laughs> yeah. Well, Trace had to climb up into the shredder. Well, I wouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> that's why I have help to pay someone to go in there. So, Trace, what's coming in this? Uh, do you want to talk about what's coming in this week? There was something we talked about yesterday that might be of interest to people. Somebody bought the, the little guys that uh, are a Texas flower and uh, oh uh, yeah, blue well, bonnets. We got some blue 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 bonnets coming in this week. Yeah, uh, we did get our hops in. Ooh, 
So we can talk about that. Uh, in fact, David probably ought to call on that. And yeah. Talk about I was just thinking you may mention hops. You'll have David will be <laughs> wandering in here pretty soon. Uh, we, got, we got a small dab of citrus in this week. All right. Uh, so we have Arctic frost and orange frost. Wow, that's they are, good. They are grafted, so they're not the other ones, but they're still probably a better choice than any of the others. Yeah, and there's uh, they're those are the ones that are yeah. pushing new growth. Yep. And good. there, so there were healthy. some uh, customers this morning yeah. that were Guess they did interested in them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we got in a few other oranges. We already had some lemons and limes. So it's a it's a decent citrus uh, availability now. It will be better in March, but it's decent now. Yeah. I was kind of embarrassed <laughs> until we got this. We oh, got okay. lemons and limes, and that was about it. We've got about. Uh, uh, I think four or five, maybe five flats of the white blue bonnets left out now, there. Now, they, they will go <laughs> off. Gosh, I hope there's not a fight for all those. No. They, they, yeah. will, they will go off sale when these other ones. Oh. What? Yep. That's not fair. They've had their chance. They've had it held on. The funny thing about it was I walked by them yesterday, and there were some that were blooming. Milton. Yeah, they had a white bloom on, and uh, today those are gone. So if people are buying the ones with the blooms on them, that that's normal, Jerry. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. yeah, my my the one that I'm, I bought with the white bloom on it, it's yeah. it's all over the place. It's just <laughs> it's nice and tall. Yeah, kind of still it's, got the original blooms on there. Yeah, right? still has the original bloom. So I'm waiting for it to. Uh, you said to. Um, yeah, go ahead and seed, and then save the seed. So one uh, one of the things I've seen uh, in the last well, uh, basically ever since New Year's, is the house plants, and it's uh, we're full, is well stocked, and we got more coming, but I think everybody's just tired of looking at that poor sad poinsettia. Oh yeah, and, and they they're throwing them away, and but they they they're used to a plant being there. And, yeah. Uh, so we got a pretty darn good selection, and more coming. So if, if you're looking around and you got that sad point set up near you, and <laughs> we can help you with that. Yeah, but suppose. suppose and bring me a Christmas tree, and you can get twenty percent off. <laughs> but suppose your son. There you go. And our daughter gave you that point set, and uh, and it was so beautiful and everything, and so thoughtful of them giving you that point set, that you want to keep it forever. It's even worse. What if, what if your home health aide gave it to you? There you go. And she's dedicated to taking care of it. There you go. It's lasted an old, a whole year already. Wow, really? Trey, I mean, she's, yeah, she's yeah, yeah. all the lessons that we've t- talked about yeah. to take care of them. Oh yeah. She's followed them. And she's, and yes, it works exactly the way you said yeah. it. Has to all right. I, do, I do have one on my back patio. Uh, that's probably in its third year. Really? Yeah, but people it's never have, colored again. People, oh. people have sentimental values on those uh, plants. File thirteen. I'm gonna buy something new. We can grow them prettier and better than anybody can try to summer them over. Did you buy it, or did a did a relative give it to you? Oh, I'm sure I give it to my wife or something. Uh-huh. And so you're going to throw did. your wife's points at her away. Is that what you tell me? Well, she's already thrown away the one I got her this year. <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, she forgot to water it, and it looked Oh, sad. Lord. Did it drop its leaves even after she forgot to water? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, did it? Yeah. So it, if it drops its leaves but not the bracts, that's a bad no, thing. Oh, yeah. It, I see them in doctor's offices all the time where they still have the red bracts uh, but no leaves, no green leaves. Oh. The reason I ask if it still had green leaves is because these newer varieties uh, can take a lot of abuse before they lose, Don't tell them lose their leaves. <laughs> <laughs> so can, will the leaves come back? No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're ready for the garden. We have one at work that I'm nursing. So, so you know those colored trash cans that the city provides? Yeah. Yeah, the that, green ones? That's where that one goes. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I, I still may give it a chance. <laughs> and you can put the plastic pot in the blue one. Yeah, there you go. Then you can feel good about the environment. Okay. Thank you, Trace. <laughs> Talking about uh, blue bonnets coming in, I got a question from yesterday at 128. 128. 128 p.m. And uh, from a lady here in San Antonio. And she says, we've had blue blue bonnets in our yard for a few years and never had trouble with them. This past fall, I planted the red variety. Oh, no, no. Yeah, that's where she went wrong. You can smell smell this coming. There it is. Jerry's (laughs) manipulating the blooms. I noticed yesterday that they were eaten to the ground. Uh huh. Yeah. Our established blue bonnets weren't even touched. Uh, I've read that deer don't eat blue bonnets unless it's a bad season for food. So I assume that's what it could be. Uh, and then, thank goodness, she keeps it, she goes on. My snapdragons have also been eaten, and I never had a problem with those before in years of planting. Is there another animal that could be eating these plants other than a deer? Also, <laughs> in our fenced-in backyard, the Nantina compacta, has been eaten down. Goodness, what is happening? <laughs> it was about two feet tall. What would do this? <clears throat> now, if you notice that everything has been eaten down. And all of them are in that list of. Yeah. In, a, in the middle of, a, middle of a very severe drought, yeah. you might have a problem. <laughs> and also, they were, they were transplant. They're young, new transplants. Whereas uh, blue bonnets that came up for, uh, are probably hardened hunkered down hardened and off. hardened off. So the ah. deer deer touched the tender stuff Pr- first. Plants taste different, Milton, <laughs> okay. when, when they're old versus new. Okay. But, uh, so apparently they're new, they taste better. <laughs> the interesting yeah. thing about, because uh, we did a lot of our deer proof, uh, or our deer uh, surveys at uh, Forest Appleton in Hollywood Park. And he would have years that the deer wouldn't touch the blue bonnets, the ones that came up. And even a trail, they had a trail by the blue bonnet. And then the next year, they'd eat them to the ground, the ones that came up. So uh, I think it's the year and also the uh, shape, uh, uh, the nutrition of the of a plant. But I, I've never heard them eating Nandinas down because that's pretty tough. So they must be hungry. Yep. Uh, the only other thing I could think of that would do that would be a goat, and I doubt she has any goats. Yeah, yeah, goat. Or an axis deer. 
you know, the ones with white spots on them that are good eating. Yeah, they taste like beef. I, I have one on my wall. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah, they're good. <laughs> and no, no season on them because they're exotic. But anyway, now Warren uh, Remy, they'll, they'll eat everything. Warren Remy just texted, wants to know why his orange blue bonnets always die so fast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they seem to disappear from the yard, he says. But It's all that Roundup Jerry has. Yeah, uh-huh. I thought it was interesting that she was blaming the red blue bonnets <laughs> for uh, for a problem. But then, thank goodness, she put all this about snapdragons. and You know they're hungry if they ate the dandina. Yeah, right. So that's that's deer, no no doubt about it. I, and she, this has been the year for uh, uh, dra- the drought. drought. Yeah. So when I hand somebody a deer resistant list, <laughs> I always throw in there that it's resistant. But if they're hungry enough, they'll yeah. eat this piece of yeah. paper that this list is printed on. <laughs> and, and use this. Uh, What's our chemical that we yeah. recommend? To I must garden, and uh, there's a uh, deer, of them. Deer. Deer. Liquidfence. Liquidfence. And Bobex. Yeah. He's one or more of those. Bobbit? Bobex. Bobex. Oh, I like that name. That's cute. That, um. No, Bobbit is a. No. That, we don't, <laughs> don't want to go there. No, you don't want to go there. <laughs> but anyway, uh. That's that's what your problem is, and uh, like I said, uh, you can repel them or, or whatever, but it's not the color of the blue bonnets. It's a, it's probably Trace's fault. Probably grow, uh, growing such uh, actively growing. A beautiful. My, my wife, plant. my wife would agree with you uh, <laughs> <laughs> about everything. Yeah, it's just whatever the situation is. About transplants. So, uh, okay. and that uh, Forrest Afton was a. Uh, really adamant about the introduction to his deer-proof list that he put together for Hollywood Park. And we've taken plants off of that, and we've added just a very few onto that. But at the beginning of it, he says, <laughs> like you said, when, when it, the drought is in, they'll eat anything. They'll eat things that they've never eaten before. And uh, that you need to protect young plants, young uh, planted uh, so, transplants. So it's funny that we went in this direction because that was my uh, store meeting about yesterday morning. <laughs> oh, really? We were talking about deer-resistant plants and all that. All and, right. and we talked about all the different uh, smelly things that you can spray. <laughs> and I emphasized to every one of them, even if somebody's buying something that's deer-resistant, they need to spray with a deer repellent at least the first three months. There you go. Established, yeah. Yeah, Forrest says two years. Jeez, oh, man. guys. <laughs> well, I, I like two years better, but uh, yeah. at least three months. Yeah. And uh, we've tried uh, the, the, uh, the deer repellents work better, best. But uh, we've tried those, uh, and I think y'all sold them before. Those are water. Uh, motion yeah, sensor. Yeah, I, I can't find them. Scarecrows. Uh, yeah, scarecrows. And they worked for a while. Yeah. Until <laughs> the deer was thirsty and realized you could walk <laughs> over and get a drink of water. I, I was kidding Forrest about uh, when I gave him some to test. Uh, he put it up uh, close to his front porch. 
So every time a visitor came, yes. they got watered down. Uh-huh. So then he had to put it out by the road uh, where the deer were coming. And uh, every time a car came by, oh, <laughs> he, would I give, he, did it he would give a car wash. Yeah, he did it on purpose. But the, the problem with those things is that uh, you have to hook them up. You have to keep a constant, constant water. water supply. Yeah. And sometimes the, your hose will break or you'll have trouble with a leaky faucet or something. But uh, we've, tr- we've tried it all. And uh, <laughs> uh, Cliff, Cliff Bingham. Uh, lives at a different location than uh, Hollywood Park. And he made up uh, a list of deer-proof plants that they will absolutely not eat. And then until they do. And so I told Ford, I said, we need to put that on plant answers. Mm-hmm. And he, 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 he didn't have much faith in it. And a year later, that... Cliff said, take that list off your uh, website because they've eaten everything on the list. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> you remember, Calvin, you had the thing where you would write in your articles in some neighborhoods under some conditions yeah. or most conditions. <laughs> Apparently, deers come with disclaimers. Well, it's amazing. Even between subdivisions, they have different tastes. That's what, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what Calvin yeah. was yeah. Yeah, trying to get at was, it, you know, just because they don't eat one plant in your neighborhood doesn't mean in Hollywood Park they won't eat the same yeah. plant. Yeah, I saw that with uh, Turkscap over in uh, off West Avenue. Oh, yeah. And the, this this shrimp beautiful, plant. beautiful landscape plant. I mean, beautiful landscape. And this guy had planted <laughs> tons of uh, turks cap and had deer walking through amongst the turks cap, not touching them. So I said, well, this is good. Uh, that's a plant I like, blooms in the shade, hummingbird plant. And uh, so we took some to Forest Appleton, to Hollywood Park. They ate them before we got them off the mm-hmm. truck. And so, like Kevin, like Benson says, they'll eat different things in different neighborhoods. All right, we need to take a quick break. While we do, you give us a call, 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up live from Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery at 1604 on Boulevard Road on 930 AM. The Answer. Millburgers Gardening South Texas is Al continues to play music from uh, people whose birthdays is are in January. I need a pointer on that one. That's the Pointer Sisters. Hey, it's a great day out there, and if your deck is looking the color of the sky, but you're uh, but you're a member when it used to look bright and it used to look uh, uh, nice and, and deep, rich brown, well then I need you to call Deck and Patio Care. And Barry Hagendorf, because Barry Hagendorf says in his ad, and he's absolutely right, you can see it, it really can look new again. So go to deckandpatiocare.com, deckandpatiocare.com, or call them at 210-822-9147. Because, yeah, Barry is now, and this was, it shouldn't surprise me, but I was happy to hear it, and a little bit surprised, too. Barry is considered pretty much, if not the, 
than one of the uh, <laughs> national experts on staining and uh, and sealing a deck so it lasts a long time and so that it's taken care of. So uh, just like we talked about Spider-Man and his credentials, Barry is, is the go-to guy if you're doing this kind of work. Uh, he studied it since the mid-'80s, knows what he's doing. So uh, check out the website, see what they can do, and then uh, decide that you what you want to do. If you want the deck to look gray like today, well, it's up to you. But if you want it to look new again, call Barry at 210-822-9147, 210-822-9147, or deckandpatiocare.com. Nobody on the line right now, so give us a call, 210-308-8867. I got a... Call a uh, question in last night at 7.05 7.05 p.m. And it says It's much past his bedtime. <laughs> Almost. It was, it, it, was, it, was, it was on a run. Uh, but I took the time to answer. After trimming my crepe myrtles Oh, no. <laughs> I was told I should not have I should not have used pruning seal uh, pruning paint because it would kill the tree is there any truth to this statement and so I wrote him back Milton and you can see you see the huge huge letters (laughs) I wrote him back I said whoever gave that advice should never capitalize, Milton. All caps. Be listened to again. Goodness. Many explanation marks. Uh, while pruning seal is not necessary on crepe myrtles and can, in some instances, slow the natural healing of the wound, that they used to fuss about that all the time on, on live oaks, whether, you know, we, but it's kind of, kind of worth it to pay it, but uh, there, some of the experts said that uh, that pruning paint actually slows the healing of, of the natural wound. But uh, the, because of oak wilt and things like that, uh, nobody we ignore that part of it. But it will certainly not kill the plant in capital letters underlined. Woof! Did you use an exclamation point, too? Yeah. Man. <laughs> you might be interested in reading about pruning crepe myrtles at, and I uh, gave him uh, two links on plantanswers.com. Yeah. One is Stop the Crepe Murder. murder. And uh, and uh, all, uh, and uh, also one entitled, the original article, entitled Crepe Murder. Oh, by, uh, are they both by uh, Greg? Yeah, both by Greg. Okay. One, one was interviewed by Greg, uh, and uh, the other one was written by Greg. Okay. So, uh, and I, I started to send a copy of that to Neil Sperry, but I was afraid it'd keep him awake at night. Oh, thinking that he had contributed <laughs> to the... <laughs> but anyway, that was one that came in. Uh then we got one on <laughs> from Mary. Let's see. Oh yeah, uh, Thursday, last Thursday, at three o four p.m. Okay, almost your bedtime. 
said, uh, I, brought, I bought a bio-advanced fruit, citrus, and vegetable insect control systemic insect insecticide concentrate. Will it harm the pollinators? Gosh, I never heard of a, hum- a list of... <laughs> Sounds like there were 17 different characters. Yeah. What was it? It was a well, it, it was called Fruit, Citrus, and Vegetable Insect Control Systemic Insecticide Concentrate. Man, that's a name. That would, I would have a question there because, you know, some of those mechanisms are almost impossible to, to fulfill. Yeah. Uh, so you'd want you'd to question... How they were fulfilling them without um, uh, crossing that crossing that line, yeah. And, and you you know certainly you'd certainly want to spend some time looking at the label, but uh, but I, how did you react? Normally, normally they uh, they're t- they're taken up by the uh, the uh, plant system. And uh, it doesn't move into the fruit. The uh, they've done studies that they put uh, isotopes on the uh, to trace them, the insecticide, and they find out they stop at the stem scar and do not go into the fruit. Uh, and I would assume that that's the same thing as uh, for pollinators as well. So it, it's not like you're gonna. Spray or drench it on a, on a plant. It's taken up through the plant uh, roots and uh, and will kill and into the uh, leaves and uh, will harm the pollinators. So I would say no to that. Uh, I want to use it for white flies and aphids. Uh, as my tree leaves are all sooty, that's uh, black mold, that's sooty mold. And if it is safe for pollinators, I will use it now. So I would say, well, the problem with that, <laughs> I would if if it's now, I would you go ahead and uh, use a dormant oil spray, uh, sold as uh, what is it we said? Uh, it's not the old dormant oil that we used to talk about. Horticultural oil. Horticultural oil, yeah. And uh, instructions will tell how much to use, but not what season to use it. So if you use dormant oil uh, sprays, and this is ideal weather to use dormant oils, and uh, I think people are recommending to use them two or three times before uh, before the flowers come out. Uh, Now, as far as that sooty, City mole, that black stuff, that is uh, aphids. That's growing on the aphid uh, waste on the leaf structure, and it's it. All it does is is uh, shade the the leaves. It would shade the leaves, but it's not gonna. It's not something to kill. It'll eventually, if you get rid of the aphids and white flies too, it will. Uh, It'll stop the sooty mold, the black stuff on the on the leaves. Uh, just no more than once a year. That's what it said. Don't don't use it more than once a year. 
Uh, now, the dormant oil, you can use that uh, several times during the winter. Uh, another another question, same insecticide, will it kill cut ants? Milton, I think we've covered the cut ant thing, haven't we? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was it, gasoline? Uh, <laughs> that is not our recommendation. <laughs> I had them. I've had them strip crepe myrtles overnight. Good answer. Oh wow! She she she's in zip code seven eight one two one. I can see where that is. I don't, I don't know where where that is. That's yeah. Seven eight one one. No seven eight one two one. Zip okay. Zip code. All right. Oh, it's Lavernia. Is Lavernia? Yeah. Lavernia and Carpenter, Texas. Yeah, they have uh, uh, cut ants out there. Then I got another one on Wednesday. What time? 4.07 p.m. Okay, getting closer to your bedtime. (laughs) My my daughter sent me a box of pecans from her yard in Georgia. The shells have black areas on them, and one of them left the black dust on my hands and clothes is this black mold it's a mold Same. <laughs> uh, i guess you could call it black mold yeah. and uh, it rubs off uh it's probably as, that same you, uh, <laughs> uh mold that a, we were talking about yeah city mold city mold yeah uh, it uh now if if it's a black spot on the pecan meat itself, then that's caused by stink bugs feeding on the on the uh, uh, pecan before it uh, before it gets out of that uh, green shuck or green shell. But uh, if sometimes uh, if the if the I doubt if she dried these pecans before she sent them, she just probably picked them up. And if they have uh, have moisture on the shells, and uh, they're out on the ground, of course, you can develop a uh, those are fungus spores, the black black parts are uh, are they edible? Yeah, uh, if they're on the shell, uh, you can you can you be okay. Uh, if they're just if they're on the meat, uh, probably the meat is not good to consume. But uh, if if there are some inside the shell, some of the black stuff, uh, and you get it on like she said, she got it on her hands and clothes. Um, you should you should probably wash those meats uh, after you get them shelled out. And that'll that'll cause problem. Uh, that'll cause your peace of mind to eat them. All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Let's take this opportunity to take a quick break. While we do, still plenty of time to give us a call. Now, yesterday we had folks that uh, had to wait. So if you kind of got a question, don't wait till the end. Give us a call right now at 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road on 930 AM. The answer. 
And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The answer, Neil Diamond, born today. Today's Neil's birthday. All right. So, you know, if you've got Neil on your Facebook page, be sure to wish him a happy birthday if you've friended him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's helped on for quite a while. Man. Yeah. Born in 1941. Is that right? Uh-huh. All right. 210-308-8867 is our number. 210-308-8867. Uh, what else you got there? I was looking at uh, some th- calendar, the calendar events on things to do, and uh, we talk about planting onions, onion slips, and uh, snap type English peas immediately in South Texas. And Calvin got already got his uh, a blooming ink peas planted. They haven't bloomed yet, right? No. <laughs> uh, I got a question. Tuesday, 7.33 p.m. Uh, about growing snow peas. said, hi, I live in San Antonio, Texas. I have snow peas growing. The plants look good, but I don't have any flowers. I planted them in November. I've been planting snow peas for a long time, and I usually have good luck with them, but last year I had the same problem. Lots of big, beautiful plants, hardly any peas. Uh, They are in raised beds and growing up a chicken wire trellis I made. I give them growing green fertilizer and has to grow plant. If she's given it has to grow, it has to grow, right, Milton? I don't know. This makes makes it a challenge. (laughs) I also spray them with liquid seaweed every two weeks. She's working. Am I missing some kind of nutrients? I will appreciate your help. And uh, Forrest wrote her back, says Sherry. Thank goodness. (laughs) I have found that Oregon Sugar Pod uh, number two snow peas are very reliable. You can usually find them on seed racks or burpee cattle. Do you agree with that, Cal? Oh, yeah. <laughs> some years they do well and some years they don't. I guess uh, there's a varietal difference in this. Uh-oh, I don't know whether to take this next call or not. Uh-oh. Johnson City Joe's on the line. I told you to block that. I'm trying. We've got our best people on this. He wants to talk about English sparrows. Oh, He's probably upset like I am that Calvin said that when he was listing the birds that go into boxes and that nest in boxes. I don't know. That he didn't mention any of the sparrows, English or American. We'll find out now. What's going on, Joe? Welcome to the show. (laughs) Well, that's my deal about the English sparrows. They're uh, terrible. They go into boxes and kill the other birds. Oh, quit it. Sparrows? English sparrows. You think, you're thinking about you thinking about starlings. No. Have you no. ever seen an English sparrow chase a buzzard? Yeah. <laughs> They're bullies. They get right on top of, of its kingdom. head. It keeps always, right on top of its head. I always but, think those are wimpy buzzards to be running from uh, a little bitty sparrow. What's yeah. a sparrow going to do if he catches the buzzard? He just pecks them on the head. <laughs> oh, Have you ever right. seen it? I mean, they actually do it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 
I've seen other birds chase buzzards, too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, scissor tails will do that. Yeah, right. Right. Uh, a question I have, protective species in Texas. Armadillos? And over half of the birds in all of Texas are English sparrows. When I did this research on them, I really got mad because I kept reading about them. The Bluebird Association hates them. <laughs> and they want to get yeah, them. Yeah, uh, they'll get in old boxes. Yeah. The question I have is, is uh, what is an efficient way? I know they, they say take out the male because he, he he's not faithful to one, one uh, female bird. They say take out the male, but is there any efficient way to get really do anything about them? No way. It's against the law. You can't can't get rid of the English sparrows. Yes, you can. That'd be like the opinion of Dr. Jay Parsons is clearly his own. That'd be like passing a law not to allow illegal aliens. Calvin, do you want to answer this question? (laughs) Well, as far as my understanding is that they are, in fact, you can remove the English sparrows. They are not protected. But how do you recommend... Oh, so the, what's, bad, what's, the, easy, what's, the easiest thing is how to, do you how do you remove the male? No, well, you just <laughs> you just, you, just uh, you shut the part of it is the uh, oh this is going to be terrible purple, the purple martin houses you just uh, close down the, the available housing right so there's just no ac- there's less access there for the English sparrows and then when when the martins are ready for action they move in and, and uh, they don't over. they don't. They're not threatened and bullied by the sparrows. Well, yeah, they actually—they no. actually are. I mean, um, they're the sparrows can be pretty aggressive. Now you um, can tell the males from the females, Milton. You know how you do that, Joe? Do you know? No. Yeah. The the males, the males have, have uh, a black bib on them. There you go. Oh. black black on the wing, and uh, the female is solid gray. I guess. Okay. They're harder so to you, distinguish. But they recommend yeah. taking out the male because he, he mates with several during the year. And, uh, I, like, I like that male attitude. But you know, so you he, he, ain't, he ain't worth care. He, he doesn't care about that. So when you're saying take him out, you don't mean to take him out to supper, <laughs> take him out of the thing. I'm saying take you him mean, out. You mean take him out. That's right. But the, uh, okay. I did find a recipe for him. From the right. for sparrows? Yeah, for sixteen hundred in England. All right. It was spired dumplings. There you go. Uh, but, you know, uh, I, how much? You know, how many sparrows a, do you need in this? <laughs> we wow. had a trapping. You know, the Parks and Wildlife had a trapping thing for the cowbirds. What uh, yeah. they would help about, and I was wondering if uh, traps would work on these English sparrows, and then I just. Get them all in there, and then I'd take out the males. Pop their neck. <laughs> By the way, the, they have to show you the Parks and Wildlife a humane way of dispatching of a cowbird. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, on, yeah. on those sparrows, do you, do you after you trap them, do you castrate the males, or, or what do you pop, do? No, he's Pop their necks. 
Yeah. Oh, oh, that, that, no, that I'm, I'm asking breathing. Calvin, yes. will those traps stops work? It from breathing okay. and breathing. <laughs> <laughs> will, will those sparrows, will those traps work on English sparrows? That's it. I don't know. Well, uh, I'm scared to go to I, Johnson City anymore. <laughs> it's rough I, up there. I, I think somebody, uh, uh, they sent me a, a, a sparrow society. English Paris Society. Oh, I can't believe uh, that. That you could could join, but oh, I don't think I don't think anybody. <laughs> I don't think you can get rid of those English Paris. You know that they, they're all over. There's millions of them. Well, over half the birds in Texas are English Paris. There you go. So when Calvin and I go out looking for birds. You can just go ahead and probably put one on your on your list that you're going to see. Oh yeah, I see them at my feeder. <laughs> they control my feeders. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, yeah. You know, I usually I always I've told the story several times. Yeah, Mil- have you noticed, Joe Milton and I have done a pretty good job of not saying anything. <laughs> I know, but I was. I was directing it towards Joe Milton because I, I figured he knew how to get rid of them. No, I, I don't know. I was shaking up with popping their heads off of. <laughs> that sort of got me. Well, that's what you do. Uh, yeah, I was, that's how we I got was, rid of the cowbirds. I was telling the story where we used to shoot them out of uh, with BB guns in the front right. yard when they would migrate uh, yeah. and kill them by the by hundreds. And uh, there was a there was a person that always came and got the got the bodies and uh, made uh, dumplings out of them. I guess I don't know. But they would they would eat sparrows too. Huh? I wonder what sparrows taste like. It's a dark meat. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I thought you just gutted them and, and fried them crisp. Oh, kind of like eat little the bones food. and all. Nay, uh, yuck. Calvin would like that. Yeah, well, I didn't get an answer. Yeah, okay. I, well, you, I don't think there, there is an answer. answer. Well, Joe, uh, give, why don't you give an answer then? Why don't you, uh, to well, the person who called me? I was trying to get to is no, trap it up. No, I meant about the Malabar spinach. What's your What's been your experience with the Malabar? Uh, easy to grow. Uh, by seed. Uh, in fact, I, I don't even start them in in, uh, in pots anymore. I used to do that. I just put them in the ground. Now, if you got a place where you've been growing them, they, they will be uh, those Malabar spinach seeds that dropped. And there's hundreds of them, okay? You'll have volunteer plants come up in the, in the warm spring. Okay. And you can get them that way, but they're easy to start in pots with the, with their seeds, and you just keep a moist pot. And you kind of just press it down, not too far. It doesn't take a whole lot. Yeah. Out where I have my mine growing, I just walk on them and kind of stomp them down <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> how do you how do you eat it? Do you eat it like a greens or? Yeah, you eat it like green, and you get the the tender leaves mainly. Okay. Uh, and uh, eat it, eat it. Uh, I I kind of like it. It can can be a little slimy, but yeah. uh, 
but uh, I like it. And it's good for you. So my doctor says I need to eat more good food. There you go. And less but it's not that you're as good as that bad food. No. That bad like, food is like fatty beet. Mm. Yeah, like, like Bill McReynolds used to say, he said, if it tastes good, don't eat it. That's right. Don't eat butter. You know, <laughs> what, what, butter's back is, in style. Yeah, they've just proved that about butter. Yeah, butter's back yeah. in fashion. It's okay. I know. I eat lots of it. All right. And All right, thanks for well, calling. Glad you're well, feeling better. Well, I am. I, I, I guess I'll try that trapping and let y'all know. Okay. Thank you. Good deal. I'll, thanks, Joe. I'll take out Bye. the bells. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Take him out. Take him out to supper. Talk, yeah. Talk to him about. If if you do catch a lot, bring bring an air. I don't want to see. <laughs> I'm sure there's a video online. If, if I want to see it, I can. All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Still got five minutes left of the show, so you can get in real quick. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. I was looking in. in the, it is it is tough up there where Joe lives. <laughs> I was looking in the uh, uh, Neil Sperry's weekly newsletter, and uh, he he goes on this ramp uh, rampage uh, rampage about every about every third newsletter, and uh, he went uh, he went on it this week. He said, "Do not, in capital letters, top crepe myrtles ever for any proposed reason, purported reason." There is never any justification. Okay, so what is the difference between topping and pruning? <laughs> well, you have to prune the top. <laughs> okay. In other words, you prune when you top. You top when you prune. But there could be a reason to prune, right? Yeah, but you can't when when you have an attitude like he and Greg do. Yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't get any kind of a logical discussion. There you about go. About that, they're just. So you, so you you thought you bought a five foot tree and it turns out to be a ten foot tree and it's <laughs> or it, it turns out to be a twenty foot tree. Yeah, and it's hitting your house. Of course, Don't yeah, prune Neil it. would not be very forgiving in terms of those because no. one of the real advantages of using crepe myrtles is that you can get the yeah the that size and the colors. Color. Yeah. What want. happened to little Pinky? I'm not sure. Or Pinky either. I haven't propagated them. Oh, okay. Just every year. Okay. If you think your plant is growing too tall, Milton. Oh, so he's going to address this. It's just growing, going to grow right back if you prune it. And in the meantime, you've earned the natural shape. If you think it makes makes it bloom better, you're wrong. Man, Neil is really upset. <laughs> Was that in all caps? That, that I, no. <laughs> I would have put a year wrong. <laughs> I work two days per week with crepe myrtles through our crepe myrtle trails of McKinney Foundation where we have planted up uh, upwards of 40,000 crepe myrtles in our city. Topping delays first bloom by six to eight weeks. And the flower heads that result are huge and floppy. Uh, it's it's my uh, contention that uh, that uh, the reason people started pruning them back like that, was, of course, they grew out of bound, but also uh, they were trying to increase the flower bloom, the uh, bloom <coughs> uh, cluster. 
And that's not a good deal because uh, they're huge and floppy and hang over and whatever. Not a good no. plan. So uh, don't don't be pruning your crape myrtle. And uh, we have we've often said I heard Trace say the other day, if you're going to prune, just prune the the seed pods, the old seed pods off. And uh, that's not necessary. But if you want to do something to prune your tree, you can take time to prune the seed pod down. It doesn't make them bloom any sooner or any bigger or whatever. So uh, basically the only thing that you need to prune is crossing branches, rubbing branches. All right. Well, gentlemen. What? We've just got like 40 seconds left. 40 seconds left? Yeah. So we'll begin to wrap up. Uh, You know, uh, we talk about things that are on sale, and there's lots of good information when you go to MillburgerNursery.com, their website, MillburgerNursery.com, and uh, check it out. You can find the link to David's uh, presentation last uh, Tuesday, I think. Yeah, nobody called in and told us how that was. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it was wonderful. I'm sure it was. Uh, David does a great job. All right, we'll say goodbye for today, but join us next week. Thanks to Al for doing a great job. Thanks, of course, to you for listening. I'm Milton Glick on behalf of the Docs. We'll see you next week.